ahead. Warning, this show is a put together by morons. Listen if you want, I don't give a shit. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a day that ends in Y. And it's time again for Y's Racket with Winter. Oh, it's so close to Christmas. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? I can. Sitting here in the fun house, I got my Christmas beer. Listen. Oh, it's going to be an action-packed show for you today. A big Christmas episode. We got my daughter, Emma, coming in to talk about our um, recommended Christmas movie of the year, along with political slash producer Paul. And you know, of course, we're going to be having those NFL picks that you count on every week to make your nut to pay that rent. We wouldn't let you down. We want everybody to have a Merry Christmas. So if you bet with us this year, you're for sure going to be in the black, my friends. Let's stop messing around and get Emma on the show here. Emma, are you there? So Emma is here and producer Paul, and we're starting a new tradition on the show on good old Wise Cracking with Winter, where we recommend our most favorite holiday movie of the year that everybody out there should check out. And this year, we are recommending Elves. Is no, we're not. What? <laughs> no, we're not. Speak for yourself, buddy. Why? Yeah. Okay. Elves. If you don't know what Elves is, and I'm sure a lot of people don't, it's a small indie movie. It's it's more of like an art film. It's more like a piece of crap. It came out in 1989. It was released by... I have all the information right here. Uh, It was released by Action International Pictures, and everybody's heard of them. Activision? No, Action International Pictures. Pictures was the production company. It was directed by the immortal Jeffrey Mandel and also written by Jeff Mandel and produced by Mark Paglia. Ring any bells? Now's Is that the Howie's black sheep cousin? <laughs> Emma, do you know who Jeff Mandel is, the director? No. Not somebody you've heard of before? No. How about Howie Mandel? Yep, heard that one. Elves never made it on to DVD or in I was, I... or into a theater. It was released. Did they have DVDs then? In 1989, <laughs> no, they did not. But it never made it to the next evolution, which would have been DVD. It had to stay on VHS. I think that was the director's intent, that 
He wanted you to see this beautiful picture on film or videotape. I also I, I think it was also shot on videotape. The movie stars none other than Dan Haggerty, who played Grizzly Adams in the 70s. If right. you're old like Paul and I, Emma, you'd know who uh, Grizzly Adams was. That was, of course, the immortal Dan Haggerty. Do you know who Dan Haggerty is, Emma? No. <laughs> Dan Haggerty is the guy who played Santa. The immortal Julie Austin as Kirsten, Deanna Lund as Kirsten's mother, Bora Silver as Kirsten's grandfather. Bora. No, Bora. Bora. Boring. (laughs) Bora Silver as the uh, grandfather. And my favorite character in the movie was Willie, played by Christopher Graham. Emma, who was Willie in the movie? I don't know. That was um, Kirsten's brother. Of course you thought he... Of course that one's your favorite. Well, let's get right to the beginning of the film. Um, Kirsten and her friends are out in the woods. And they're doing a very uh, witchcrafty thing. Emma, why don't you describe what they were doing? I don't know. Playing with a candle and sticks. Paul, was that your take? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I got the movie playing in the background here on the show, just like the beginning of it. So did, were you scared by that immediately, Emma, when they were out there doing the witchcraft stuff and talking about boys' genitalia? No. no. <laughs> I was bored off my ass from the second it started. <laughs> Paul, did you have the same take? Of being bored off my ass, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so they do a, some sort of a ceremony, and our hero of the film, Kirsten, ends up cutting her hand and bleeding Did you into. Kirsten, isn't it? It's not. Is it Kirsten? I got no, it, it's Kirsten. 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 <laughs> is that three syllables? Yeah, so she cuts her hand, and then you get the elf hand that shoots up out of the ground after they leave. Um, Emma, did I mean what were your feelings about how that? How she cut? What? How did she cut her hand? Yeah, that's the other thing. I don't know how she cut her hand to begin the with. The candle, the candle broke. Oh, the okay, the candle well, broke. And Kirsten yeah, they can cut be her sharp hand. when they break, right? <laughs> So moving along out of the woods, Kirsten gets home, and she needs to take a shower. And of course, in these eighties movies, there's nothing. Emma, you wouldn't know this, but in all these eighties movies, there was tons of topless scenes in all of them, except like the ones that really did well, I guess. Like Gremlins. (laughs) Right, right, like right, like Gremlins, I guess. So anyway, my favorite character, Willie, has a couple of choice lines. Do you remember what he had to say, Emma? Mm-hmm. What did Willie say? Some of my big tits. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, you got a memory like a steel trap. Can you remember right. what young Willie said? Well, I mean, his his sister called him a pervert. 
Well, yeah, he was trying to look into the bathroom when she was getting out of the shower. Didn't he say something like, so you got big fucking tits? Yeah, actually, yeah. I, I have that scene right here. I'm going to play it in the background. What are you doing? Oh. We'll see who got it closer. We'll just let it play out here. You pervert. I'm not a pervert. I like seeing naked girls. I'm your fucking sister. Yeah, and you've got fucking big tits, and I'm going to tell everybody I Did you not watch it that or what's going on? I did. I'm playing the scene where he's talking. Well, why? You don't, you don't remember it at all? Well, the people at home haven't seen it. So I'm just well, they playing. can't see it through the microphone. What? What's that? They can't see it through the microphone. Right, but I'm playing the movie. So, they I mean, can't hear it either. Yes, so they, the point? they can hear it because I've got it on. It's, it's you know, broadcasting stuff, but I've. They well, can, what the hell is the point? They can go watch it on their own. Yeah, but we're just playing like select scenes that we really liked. I mean, so that's. Oh, Stupid. That scene with young Willie and his sister <laughs> engaging like that, like a typical this brother. Way longer than I intended. Way longer. Now, Emma, had you had a little brother, would you have reacted the same way if he was trying to peep on you while you were getting out of the I shower? Him, I would have thrown him out of the window. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, did you ever peep on your older brother when he got out of the shower? <laughs> no. Okay, so you never found yourself in that situation? No. So, uh, moving along into the movie, I'll just skip fast forward to when um, the immortal Dan Haggerty is introduced as Santa. Now, he has an actual name, doesn't he? I don't know. Oh, it's Mike McGavin. That was his name, okay. Mike McGavin. But Kierston kept calling him Santa. The, uh, the uncle of Shooter. The uncle? What are you talking about? <laughs> the uncle of Shooter. Well, Emma's not going to get that. That's a uh, Emma. That's like that's from. Um, I don't care. Happy Gilmore. But anyway. I don't care. Emma hasn't seen Happy Gilmore. I don't think so. No. Oh. That's- Sad. So Dan Haggerty, Emma, was <laughs> wasted a, her life watching this. <laughs> was a pretty famous. Yeah, hour and a half of my life, I'll never get back. So Dan Haggerty actually was a very famous actor, as we mentioned before. He was in Grizz, um, Grizzly Adams and whatever. What did you think of his performance? I thought he was the best out of everyone. Re- well. Yeah, I, yeah, he had a little bit of acting ability. Okay, Paul. Compared to others. Okay. Well, since I only uh, made it through about the first twelve minutes of the movie before the phone rang, uh, I don't know. I think uh, your your favorite little Billy was uh, might have been the best actor. <laughs> <laughs> Willie, not Billy. Willie, Billy. <laughs> I'm sorry you didn't make it this far, Paul, into the movie, although you had over 24 hours to watch it. What'd you say, Emma? He's one lucky guy. (laughs) (laughs) Emma, wouldn't you agree? No. The the most disturbing scene of the movie, I mean, because the elf really isn't that scary, and it's pretty cheap. I mean, it's like they took a mold of an elf 
And then they, you can't even manipulate the face at all. So the elf always has the same expression on his face. Did you notice that, Emma? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> But for me, the most startle the most startling moment of the movie is when Kirsten's mom, played by Julie Austin, took her cat. Don't say I didn't even watch it. I fast forward. Don't even fucking say it. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say it because don't happened. say it. Don't, don't say, say it, James. I'm not listening. I won't say don't how, say but she murdered Kirsten's cat. So that was very disturbing. Kirsten has a pet cat. Her mom hates the cat and Kirsten. And she murders her cat. Pretty tough uh-huh. stuff. You can get back on now, Emma. The, we're done talking about it now. Great. Okay. So, Emma, did you feel at that scene... Was- I didn't watch that scene because I'm not a psychopath <laughs> like some others. Well, you know she didn't really didn't really kill a cat in the movie. No right? shit. Okay. It's the concept. All right. Let's watch the language though, because there's little kids that listen to this show, and it's getting near Christmas. <laughs> so there's- okay, if anyone even listens to it. Little, little kids at the orphanage without supervision. Exactly. <laughs> little kids that are in uh, juvenile hall. Spending their time behind bars for Christmas, Emma. They're listening to this show. And they need a role model, and I think you're it. You told me to be uncensored, so here you go. But, as producer Paul has told you many, many times, um, he expects you to be ladylike on the show. (laughs) This is so dumb. So... <laughs> Moving further along in the cinematic classic Elves. Kirsten befriends Santa, played by the immortal Dan Hagerty. And they become fast friends because she works at the same department store that um, Grizzly. Oh, you had. mean he didn't die? Well, he dies. No, he doesn't die. Oh, I thought he died when he got stabbed. That wasn't him. Movie. No, that was that was like. Oh, a, that's a that's the old Santa. Yeah, that's the old Santa. He's replacing oh, I that see. Santa. So he becomes the new Santa. I yeah, gotcha. yeah. Wow, that's really something to look forward to. Emma, do you remember the line the old Santa said to Kirsten to get himself stabbed in the penis? Um, oral. <laughs> Santa asked Kirsten what she would like for Christmas, and I forget what she said. And then he's for she some... She wanted it to snow, I think, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, Kirsten wanted it to snow. And in order for it to for Santa to make it snow, Santa wanted oral in exchange. Emma, do you think that that's a fair, a fair request for snow? Huh? No, I don't. Whatever. What did, you, did you laugh Where at was... that line? No, I rolled my eyes. <laughs> Where was this movie set? You know, like, because, I mean, if it's in the northern half of the country, I mean, snow for Christmas isn't that big of a request. But if it was in, like, you know, Miami or something, then, I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty big ask, as they say, for Santa. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. So do you, do you know where it was set? I do not. No. Uh, they never really say. You're not prepared, are you? 
Emma, do, did you know where the movie was set? No. <laughs> so moving Probably along. Probably in the uh, in the director's backyard. <laughs> more than likely. The budget was pretty minute. So moving into the middle of this Christmas classic. Emma, tell, tell classic. me. It's a Christmas classic. No, it's not. Tell me what happens with Santa Kirsten and all of her friends in the department store. They get murdered. They get murdered, but, but why were they in the department store to begin with? Um, to that, I don't know. To be sneaky. They were in there to have a camp out. And remember that the, sounds fun. And remember the boys were coming. Ooh. And so this is, you know, I think a lot of women, young women, between the ages of sixteen and eighteen. I mean, hopefully not my kid. Break into department stores and go wandering around trying on lingerie, and then go Sounds over to the fun to me. yeah for sure, and then go over to the camping section to pick which tents they're going to have sex in. I think I saw this. Wasn't this in another movie? <laughs> I don't think it's ever been anything other than it's it's pretty original. No, I swear I've seen this scene before. Well, it came out in 1989. I didn't didn't get this far in this movie. Oh, you think maybe I saw this 30 years ago and forgot? Emma, now watching that as a young young gal, did that give you um, any bad ideas for you and your friends? Nope. So you didn't have the urge to break into uh, a major mall and have a camp out? Nope. Why don't you take us through that scene? I mean, when the elf finally makes its appearance and, and goes on a rampage, were you scared? Did the, was that where the movie really gripped your heart? No. Well, why don't I, you, I thought it was stupid. <laughs> why don't you describe for me what went on? I don't know. He ran around with a knife and stabbed everybody. Then he caressed some girl's cheek and then stabbed her. Then he like just ran around and hid in the teddy bears. He just looks like an idiot. Where did the elf stab the girl? Her tits or something? Her stomach? (laughs) (laughs) That happened a lot also, Emma, in 80s slasher movies. Girls got stabbed in the breasts pretty often. Paul, being an amateur psychologist, would you say that a lot of directors in the 1980s had some sort of problem with women in general? Like they hated women, like they were simps or something like that? What's a what's a simp? You don't know what a simp is, Dad. <laughs> okay, <laughs> why don't you give out give us all a explanation? That's not a simp at all. It's the opposite of a simp. What's a simp? Um, someone who would do anything for the other person, and they're like so madly in love. It's gross. Okay, so what is the slang term <clears throat> for a guy that never dates or has sex with women? Is that an incel? Yeah, I think it's incel. That that is what it is. So, do you think a lot of these nineteen eighties directors were incels? Could be. Okay, moving along. Now we're three quarters into this cinematic masterpiece. And the Nazis have been introduced. Now, Emma, that had to scare you. No. 
Why don't you expand on the Nazis a little bit? Expand on what? Like, why were the Nazis in the movie? I don't know. Some kind of cult thing. Some kind of... They were linked with the elves of some kind. Paul, did you get that far in the movie? I did not. Okay. I guess I'll just give that away, too. It's not like I'm ruining anybody's anybody's Christmas by giving the uh, <laughs> the true plot of this movie away. But anyway, it turns out that Kirsten's grandfather was a, a Nazi. And a pedo, too. And a what? A pedo? Yeah. <laughs> a Nazi and a pedo. And he belonged to some kind of secret society of Nazis that believed... Was well, he the guy from the like the the second scene when she comes home after cutting her hand on a candle? Right. And he slaps her in the face twice. Twice. Now you got to admit that that was pretty startling. You did not see that coming. Would you that agree with hilarious. that? That was what Emma. Hilarious. <laughs> Paul. Uh, I mean, I saw it coming. I could tell he was a creepy old man. Paul, did you ever get home from a night in the woods and have your dad just come up and slap you in the face twice? Uh, no, don't think so. Okay. So anyway, it turns out that he believes in elves, and so do a bunch of his Nazi sidekicks. And they've been working for decades to resurrect or summon elves from hell. Now you're, you're gonna you're gonna ask yourself why why would they want to bring elves from hell to Earth? Well, that's an easy answer. Of course, what they wanted to do with these elves is have one of them have sex with the perfect Aryan woman, and that would create a super race that would bring in the Fourth Reich. Now that makes perfect sense, doesn't it, Emma? Yeah. You can Perfect. feel free to give more than one word answers if you'd like. There's Paul. nothing to say. <laughs> it's a horrible movie there. A super race of of Aryan, half Aryan, half elves? Yes. That, uh, what size would they be? Because the elves are short, right? And the Aryans are tall. Like, Would they be medium size? And how would that, like, how would that be superior? That's a good question, and I feel like the pers- the person that's qualified... No, it's not me. <laughs> of course it is, I'm not Emma. the person to ask. You've studied biology a lot more recently than Paul and I have. So, would it be possible... I didn't poss- study about hell elves. So, would it be possible for a two-foot elf to mate with a six-foot Aryan super female? I mean, if... if I they- don't know! Probably! <laughs> they had kids, Emma. What, Dad, I don't know. What would the average height of the kids be, do you think? Oh, my God. I don't know, like 10 feet. So they would get taller? Dude, I don't know. They'd probably equal out. Study elf genetics. No, sir, I did not. Again, I feel like my money is being wasted on public schools. I mean, oh yeah, definitely. You guys don't study anything about elves or anything about Aryan super races. Why would we? What's the point? Emma, do you think if an elf and some Aryan oh had a baby, it would bring about the Fourth Reich? Uh, sure. Do you know what the Third Reich was? 
Yep. Which what what was the Third Reich? Exactly. Okay, thank you. Public schools. Thumbs up. Moving <laughs> along in the movie. Things are really starting to get dicey. They're getting really hot and heavy. They're getting very dicey. The Nazis, Emma failed to mention, were in the department store too, and they were shooting at Santa and Kirsten to try to kill them, which didn't make a whole lot of sense to me because Kirsten, as it turns out, super friends, hold on to your hats. She is the ideal Aryan female. Which is bringing us to the last quarter of the movie. Now, I'm really going to see here if Emma paid good attention. So, what did Kirsten's mother tell Kirsten about her father? That it's also her grandfather. It's her father that had sex with her. That's right. Are you following along, Paul? That's the big stunner in the movie. Wow. Yeah, that's stunning. So Kirsten, I didn't see that one coming. You didn't see the see. I mean, this movie is full of twists and turns. So no, I thought maybe that her little brother was actually her dad. No, 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 no. I mean, don't, don't be crazy, Paul. Don't be nuts. And that he was, you know, he was an elf disguised as a as a boy. No, no, nothing like that. A, 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 an evil Aryan elf. So Kurt. Kirsten's grandfather is also her father. So it's an incestuous relationship. Now, when she went downstairs and confronted uh, grandfather, again, played by the immortal, the immortal, the very established Bara Silver, <laughs> she asked him point blank, how could you sleep with your own daughter? And he said, I'm not a monster. I'm not a cruel man. I had her drugged first. I did not enjoy the act, but it needed to be done to create the perfect Aryan female to mate, to, uh, mate with an elf. So, Emma, did that make sense to you? I mean, Do you hear yourself talking and how dumb it is? <laughs> this is what happens in the movie. So, Emma, did you sympathize with Grandpa after that? What? Did you sympathize with the grandfather after No! Why not? Give I'm more. not a psycho. I'm not a psycho. But you understand he was trying to create the Fourth Reich. Of course. And that sacrifices needed to be made. That's essential. So he had to have sex with his own daughter to create a, a, a pure breed granddaughter. So after, right. after hearing the science... That was that got put into it. Do you, did you then feel sorry for grandfather? Uh, what? No, he's a perp. He's a he's what? A he's a perp. <laughs> now, Paul, after hearing it explained to you like this in a very clinical, gentle manner, what are your thoughts going away? Yeah, I just I'm not sure why meeting with your daughter would produce a different kind of offspring than mating with your the mother of your daughter i'm confused was that explained no they didn't I'm really sure they got into that right no they didn't have time it was just a one-line answer explanation it was a two-scene explanation um Kirsten. how did how did key erston respond to that was she like oh okay that makes sense i get it now 
Well, she was screaming. She was crying to her mother that she really wished her father was still alive, so she could talk to him. And she's like, "Well, you're, you're a lot like your father. You're beautiful, and you're smart, and you're outgoing, but you're also a narcissist and a manipulator." And Kirsten was very upset by that news and screamed like. How could you say that about my father? He's dead. And her mom said, if you'd like to go talk to your father, he's downstairs in the den. He's your grandfather. That was the shocking revelation. Yeah, I know. I was actually asking about, you know, when she went and confronted her grandfather slash father. Ah, yes. And he gave her the explanation of why. My question was, did, did she go, oh, okay, that makes sense. I get it. She did. Which did not make sense to me. Did that make sense to you, Emma, how quickly she got calmed down? No. I thought it was... I thought it was... Uh, I don't know what it's not. Because at first she was very upset. She's like, Grandfather, how could you have sex with Mama to create me? And he's like, I didn't enjoy it. I drugged your mother. I had to do it. And then it seemed like Kirsten felt sorry for Grandpa. But apparently you two don't. So then did, did she accept that she was going to have to mate with an elf to create a super Aryan elf? She almost did. She got stuck in a hole like an idiot. Well, we're skipping to the end. We don't want to give away too much more of the movie. But at the end of the movie. Why not? They don't need to watch it. They absolutely need to watch this. They don't. Tell them how it ends. At the end of the movie, she does get her foot stuck in a hole. And it looks like What are we listening to? What do you mean, what are you listening to? Why don't I hear a TJ Maxx commercial in the background? A TJ Maxx commercial? Uh, it's my YouTube on my phone. Hold on. Oh. Yeah, that guess, was, uh, that'd be your own phone. I guess I skipped off of the movie accidentally with the cheekbone. <laughs> Can you imagine was, why... Yeah. Why would TJ Maxx want to be affiliated with this movie? No, I don't think they did. That was prior to a Johnny Carson clip that was coming up next. I didn't get any ads before the movie started. So at the end of the movie, she does get stuck, and it looks like it's curtains because the elf has her, and he's starting to um, trying to... What's the word I'm looking for, Emma? Copulate? Have sex with her. Have sex with her. And the elf's expression never changes. It's always the same because they they couldn't afford, you know, like a Jim Henson nice elf puppet. You know, Jim Henson was huge back in the 80s. And I would imagine that's where you would go for something like this or Industrial Light and Magic, George Lucas's company. I mean, where do you think they would have gone, Em? I don't know. But anyway, the face, the face never changed expressions. So it's going to mate with her. Willie shows up just in the nick of time. And well, so it's relieving to know that it didn't get excited or anything. It was all business. It was always the same expression because it had literally one face. The eyes didn't move. The mouth does not move. Nothing moves. And so it's basically like a torso of an elf. And then another guy must have a... Some a glove with a sleeve on it to make it look like it's hand or whatever. I don't know. But 
You're really selling the heck out of this. I don't, I'm not trying to sell it. I'm just trying to well, yeah, describe it. Well, yeah, you said it. it was the wisecracking recommended holiday movie for 2022. It is the recommended movie this year for 2022 for a Christmas classic. If you're going to go roast chestnuts on the fire and gather with family on Christmas night, Emma, would you not agree this is no. the movie? <laughs> no. Okay. Do not watch this ever with anybody in your life. So... Emma, you watched it beginning to end. You, Unfortunately. You laughed. You cried. You cheered for the characters. You cared about them, right? No. Did we get to the end? Yes. We did get to did the you end. Give away the ending? No, not you exactly. Leaving, out, you're leaving I, a little bit of suspense for yes, the listeners? Yes. I'm leaving you in okay. suspense. I'm not going to give away exactly what happened. Why, what if I did? Emma, I would just I, instead of just giving away the end of the movie, I would rather you just talk about your feelings of the movie, and instead of like one word answers, like just give us like a couple. I don't of even st- know how it ended. Did she have the kid? What was the what was the yellow blob? See, that's the point. Nobody knows how this movie ends because nobody understood it. Horrid, horrid. That's it? That's your only sum up of the movie? Horrid? It was it was horrendous. <laughs> Paul, after having watched um twelve minutes of the movie, what are your feelings yeah. so far? I feel like uh it was a sweet relief to hear the phone ring <laughs> and know that I was being interrupted. <laughs> and I could go back to watching football while I Halfway participate in this conversation. <laughs> so I guess we'll just skip right to me. Um, I loved it. If I had, if you remember the library scene, Emma, he went looking for a book of symbols, and the librarian recommended he go to section six sixty six, which is a pretty cheap joke, right? Did you get that? Yeah, I got it. Okay. So if we're going to do a rating scale of 1 to 666, because this is a scary movie. Oh, I you got a new, new rating scale, huh? Well, it is this one time for Emma. I guess I would give it like a 555. <laughs> Isn't 555 the number of like Jesus or God or the angels or something? I don't know. Really? Aren't you like a good practicing Catholic? We're not getting into that either. So, Emma, on a scale of 0 to 666, what would you give this movie? Negative 666. You can't give it a negative 666. That bad? Fine. Fine. 0 666. (laughs) That's actually like 666. (laughs) I meant 0. 0. Nothing above zero. Let's well, see. I just did some math, and I think I think your rating, Mike, of five 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 out of six six six, that that equates to on a ten point scale, that'd be an eight point three. Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> that's probably about where you want it. You brainwash. Now, you two guys did not like this, but I'm reading some I, of the comments on YouTube <laughs> of people that yeah. really did seem to enjoy it. 
I think they did pretty well for such a low-budget film. There were a couple of pot, plot twists that I didn't see coming, and Kirsten's mom was a fantastically malicious, manipulative antagonist. Another guy, God, I love this. Um, okay, here's, here's one that's kind of disturbing. I remember watching this movie on TV when I was a toddler in the early 90s. I didn't watch the whole movie, only some parts of it. My favorite parts is the man who I thought was Santa Claus, but only for the mall, shooting some Nazis. And I thought he was putting some man's shirt, but he was punching him. I think this guy may be from a different country. <laughs> Here's another great rating. How in the fuck was this rated PG-13? Did, did, did you agree with that? Emma, did you feel that that movie was a PG-13 movie or more like an R-rated movie? <laughs> Emma, are you still there? I'm here, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm here. Did you think that that was a rated R or was PG-13? Did that fit? What? Did you think the movie should have been rated R? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was really wondering how it ended up with a PG-13. Paul, where are you at on that? I don't care. You don't care? I mean, I didn't see more than twelve minutes, so you know. But I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't remember that they was were f bombs common in a PG thirteen movie back in the day. No, I don't think they were. That was kind. Of, I think that was cutting edge. I guess for yeah. PG thirteen. I don't think there was. At least when I saw, was there any actual like nudity later? There is nudity. There's some frontal oh, nudity wow. from Kirsten and her mother. They're both Key naked. Erston and Kirsten's mother? Separate scenes, but they both get naked. How about that? I think this last comment really sums it up. What about uh, Grandpa? Does he get naked? No. He doesn't get naked, uh, does he, Emma? Or I may have missed it, I guess. It never leaves his chair. Okay, well, that's good. Sounds so, a lot like the big G. What about the evil Aryan elves? Are they always naked? There's only one elf, and you never see more than his face and an arm. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You said there's only one elf? Yeah, there's one elf. But the movie is titled Elves. <laughs> see, I get that. It's plural, but there is only <laughs> one elf. You get that. Do you think the, the people who made the movie got that? Well, I think they intended to have more elves, but they couldn't afford it. <laughs> elves, give or take some number of elves. <laughs> I think this comment sums it up and we can let it go now. Demonic elves, animal murder, incest, gunfights, nudity, drunk Santa, foul language, and Nazis. It's a it's the whole gift for Christmas. And I think that sums up the movie right there. Wouldn't you two agree? Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, Emma, thank you for being a lovely guest. I appreciate it. Oh, you're it. so welcome. Did you want to pick football games? No, bye. Okay, bye-bye. Emma. Bye, Emma. Bye. Well, it's just us, buddy. Yeah. Better 
turn on the reading lamp here so I can read the lines. Hey, so uh, is it the NFL pick segment time? It is. The music is rolling, and it's brought to you by Cranky Yankee Corn Dogs. Cranky Yankee, your number one source for healthy corn dogs from Ireland. How do you buy Cranky Yankees? Well, that's simple. You get on the internet and you go to corndogs.ie. That's corndogs.ie. Mention that you heard about this on Wisecracking with Winter, and maybe you'll get a, a surprise. Okay, that's where that ends. Ooh, that's exciting. It is kind of exciting, yeah. I just I got like my surprises. bag in the mail. For real. Really? Yeah. A new bag. Nice. Yes. You going to have a corn dog party? I might. Invite, invite all your friends over. I probably should. Have everybody uh, stick their wieners in the bag and batter them up. 10-4. I think that last commercial moved a lot of bags. So how did we do last week, Paul? Well, let's take a look. We had Mike with four wins, 10 losses, and a tie. Of course, everybody had a tie in the uh, Tennessee-Los Angeles Chargers game where the Chargers were minus three and won by a field goal. So four wins and 10 losses for you, Mike. Me, myself, I had another uh, nice week. Eight wins, six losses. On the uh, locks, we had seven of them, if you remember, since we were, there were only two of us picking. Right. And out of those seven, we had the push, where we both took Tennessee. So that drops it down to six, and we hit uh, Atlanta, plus four against the Saints. And we hit Cincinnati, minus three and a half against the Buccaneers. But we missed on the Vikings, minus four, despite the uh, miraculous comeback. Greatest in NFL history, down 33 points. They only managed to win by a field goal and couldn't cover the spread, as you say. They never cover the spread. We missed on the Bills, minus seven. They only beat the Dolphins by, I believe, a field goal. We missed on the Patriots, plus one and a half against the Raiders. Of course, uh, everybody knows how that game ended on the uh, ridiculously stupid 40-yard backward lateral pass by Jacoby Myers. Was that the worst play in football history? A tie game. And that, well, yeah, I mean, I think it's worse than Jim Marshall is running the wrong way to the wrong end zone because at least uh, I don't think that was the difference in the game. This was with time expiring in regulation in a tie game. Jacoby Myers acting as if they were behind and about to lose on the final play, launching the ball about 40 yards back to the only guy on the field back there, his quarterback, Mac Jones, who couldn't really have done anything with the ball had he caught it. But instead of catching it, it was caught by a defensive lineman who looked like he was twice his size, who probably turned around and stiff-armed Mac Jones right into the turf. And galloped over him for the winning touchdown. How embarrassing was that for Mac Jones? Just to get stiffed like that and, well, trucked right over. Like he wasn't even there. Just 
stiff-armed right out of the way like he was knocking over a 13-year-old kid as he marched yeah, right I to mean, the end zone. It should have been embarrassing, but, I mean, everybody's, I don't, I think everybody's going to remember Jacoby Myers as the idiot who shouldn't have thrown the ball back there. But, yeah, I did feel like uh, Jones could have at least, like, thrown his feet up in the air and maybe tripped him after he got knocked on his back. Maybe tripped him up, slowed him down a little, but... Pretty embarrassing. No, it was not to be. The Raiders win. Another game we missed there. And then, finally, we missed on the Rams plus seven against the Packers. I believe the Packers won that one by 12. So not a good week for the Locks, not a good week for you. Okay, week for me. Actually, if you look at the games I picked. You're not even going to talk about the greatest comeback in NFL history? Six and two. I was six and two in the games that. Uh, You're going to talk about you yourself. Along with me on. You're not going to talk about the greatest comeback in NFL history. You're just going to gloss I right over that? Yeah, uh, no, you didn't I really spend a whole lot of time it. on it. I said the Vikings came back from 33 points down. The greatest comeback. They didn't manage to come and spread. They never come and spread, like you said. They don't, but you just kind of glossed over it. I mean, a 33-point comeback. Are the Vikings for real, Paul? No, because if you're for real, you don't get down 33 nothing to a terrible team. <laughs> so, no, they're not for real. I mean, they're for real as the Vikings ever are. I don't like it. I'm sure the bandwagon is just overflowing. Like, the tires are flat on that thing now. After setting an NFL record for the greatest comeback. But, you know, the greatest teams, they don't end up down 33 points. So, I mean, it was a fun one. You know, it was. I, I listened to it on the radio. Didn't actually get to see it. I was kind of busy, but. I think you're making a fair point, but go ahead. Move along. So where are we at with the picks, like, total? What are our total numbers? You know, I still have to find some of the some of the picks from earlier weeks. So I can just tell you why well, I don't even have. You know what you're going to get for Christmas? I don't even ha- you're going to get your own fucking a notebook. notebook. A brand-new nice. Mead notebook that you can write... 2023 wisecracking <laughs> notes. You can write that on the front cover. I'll get you a fucking trapper keeper if you want. <laughs> but you should be able to keep all this shit straight. What are you writing on the back of like envelopes and shit? Yeah, I have. Good God. And just random sheets of paper. Good God. I mean, the sheet of paper I have right here, it has week 9, week 11, and week 15 on it. I've got another sheet downstairs that's got like 12, 13, 14. Notebook. Uh, if we did those weeks, but keep a notebook. Just looking at these three weeks, you've got uh, a total of eighteen wins, and I've got a total of twenty-one wins. So, hey, that's something. You're a few, let's just say you're a few few games behind me. You got a few to make up here, or <clears> not. <throat> I guess you can go downstairs and check the envelopes. Well, maybe I'm actually ahead of you. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll track them down before the season's over. Oh, okay. Get a, convenient how they got lost. Look at a cumulative total. Is that going to change your picking if you if you know that how many you're behind? No, it's not going to change. It's not going to change anything for me. No. I mean, there shouldn't really be any long shots since we're picking against the spread. Can I touch on how bad fucking Zach Wilson is playing right now for the goddamn Jets? 
Uh, you mean the game that just ended? It, okay, just ended. I'm in the fantasy football championship. I got in a, with a six and a six and seven oh record. God. Please tell me you didn't start Zach Wilson. I did. I didn't realize he was playing tonight, <laughs> and I totally fucked up. I could have put in. It's not even finish the game, dude. They put in the fourth string quarterback. That's horrible. I mean, because I could have put in Purdy. Some guy named Stifler. Stifler. I think that's his name. Stifler from like American Pie. Stifler. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that was a monumental mistake. I did not check. I actually checked earlier in the day for events that were going on tonight. And I thought because the NFL played last Saturday that there maybe wouldn't be a game this Thursday. So I just spaced <laughs> on it. I was going to put in Purdy, and now it's too I'm late. I'm going to laugh my ass off if that's why you lose the championship. Well, hey, then it's on me. It's on me. But Zach Wilson, the Jets need to get rid of Zach Wilson like so I tomorrow. Guess, yeah, I was wondering when I when I saw him starting, and I guess Mike White's still injured. Yeah, he's hurt. He has broken ribs. I don't know why they don't play Flacco. I was thinking the same thing. I mean, not that we're going to turn this into like some kind of a New York sports show, but uh, yeah, Flacco would have been the answer for sure for the Jets, who are they're, they're trying to make the playoffs. They should be putting in the oh, guy done now. Well, yeah, they're done. Yeah, but they should have, yeah. I don't get it. I mean, they're not, you know, technically done, but they're pretty much done. They're not technically done, but they're done. I mean, they've lost, uh, I think, six of their last seven games. They were 6-2. and two. I think they were 6-2 and two when I looked at the, uh, the futures bet and thought, oh, they can win more than 10.5 games. They just have to go 5 and or maybe it was even just to win 10 games. And they only have to go four and five. I'm like, that seems easy, yeah. And now they're one and six in their last seven. Yeah. Anyway, you want to make some picks or what? I think we could make some picks, yeah. All right. Let's do it. All right. Let's start out. We've got, so now this week, we've got most of the games are on Saturday. Instead of three on Saturday and then everything else Sunday and whatnot. Most of the games are on Saturday and then there'll be just three games on Sunday. What do you think of that? Do you uh, like that? Holiday. I don't care. Whatever. I mean, I'm not going to probably get to watch football all day either day. So it doesn't do a lot for me. Family stuff on Christmas Eve. Okay, so who do we got? So who do we got? We got the Buffalo Bills heading to Soldier Field, taking on the Chicago Bears. Bears are an eight-point underdog at home. As always, we start with the host, the inimitable Mike Winter. I'm going to go with the Bills to cover. It's not going to matter too much to the Bills that it's snowing over at uh, Soldier Field. I mean, they play in the snow all the time up there in upstate New York. And they are a high-powered offense. And the, all the Bears have is Fields. That is it. And Fields is not going to be enough to take out Buffalo. I don't care that Chicago you know is home. You know, 
you remember what happened last week when it was Philadelphia at Chicago and the Chicago was plus nine and you picked Philly <clears throat> and I took Minnesota or Chicago sorry and the Bears covered they only lost by five I'm gonna do the same thing again this week again not expecting the Bears to pull off the upset but to keep it uh, within about a touchdown next up the Cincinnati Bengals Traveling to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots. Cincinnati is now an eight-point favorite. Is that right? I think that line moved a lot. I got that I the Patriots. The, the Patriots are a three-point dog at home. That's what I have. Let me double check this. Let me double check this. I don't. Yes, three. I don't. I didn't have my reading glasses on. Three must look like an eight. I didn't think that was right. Okay. So Cincinnati minus three at New England. I'm just, uh, I mean, the Bengals are rolling. Hang on a second. Alexa must have thought I said to play some random music. Uh, Yeah, I think the Bengals are rolling. I'm going to stick with them until until they uh, don't do it for me. I'm gonna Mike. hang. I'm gonna hang with you on that. Bengals for sure. That one's a lock. There's a mini lock. Seattle Seahawks squaring off against their former division rival, now uh, interconference opponent, Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. Chiefs are laying double digits, ten points. Mike. I think that's too many points, and KC clinched their division last week. I don't think they're really going to care. I, I guess they're playing for home field advantage. That's all they really got to play for, and I don't, yeah, I don't even that's think a big they deal getting that first round by. Yeah, but ten points is a lot. Seattle's not that bad of a team at seven and seven. Give me the Seahawks to cover. Yeah, I hear you. This is a little bit tough one for me. I agree with what you said, but the other factor is that the Seahawks are a real sinking ship. But I think maybe this is a game they finally uh, put it all on the line because if they lose this one, they're going from the position where it looked like they were almost a lock for a wild card for a while there to where they pretty much effectively possibly be out of it with a loss. So... Yeah, I think 10 is too many. I'll take the Seahawks. It's 10. Detroit Lions visiting the Carolina Panthers. Panthers are getting two and a half points <clears throat> at home. Uh, this one, it's uh, it's another momentum kind of situation. Detroit is rolling. Uh, I don't want to say I'm on the bandwagon, but, uh, you know, they've proven what they've proven thus far, and I'll, I'll definitely lay the two and a half points with Detroit until they slip up. Mike? 72% of the public bets out there on the spread are taking Detroit. I'm going to stick with them and you, and let's go kitties. I think they totally can kick the shit out of Carolina. I mean, come on. Forget about it. All right. That's three in a row that we're in agreement. All right. Next up, the New York football giants. And then to the Viking ship to take on your purple, hot off that NFL record, 33-point deficit erasure. 
to win against the hapless Colts. The Vikings will be laying four points against the Giants. Mike, you're up first. God. This one's flip a coin as far as the spread goes. Money line, you'd take Minnesota all day. But Minnesota rarely covers. I won't say they never cover, but they rarely cover. The Giants have not been impressing me much. I wasn't that impressed with them beating the Commanders. Um, I think the Vikings want a statement game where they come out and just embarrass somebody. And I think the Giants are ripe for it. I'm actually going to take the Vikings to cover this week. Interesting. <clears throat> I, I get your analysis there. I mean, uh, on the flip side, though, they they may be uh, coming down off that win, and they they may be overconfident after thinking, ah, we can get down 33 and come back and win. And I think they'll be lack, lax early on in the game. I think the Giants will get out to an early lead. Giants may or may not pull off the upset, but I think I'll take the Giants plus four. Next up, we have the Houston Texans heading to Nashville to take on the Tennessee Titans, another uh, another team that's taken on water in vast amounts in short periods of time. And the Tennessee, who really needs a win, they're seven and seven now. They've dropped uh, four in a row, I believe. And uh, with Jacksonville's win tonight, a loss by Tennessee would put them into a tie with the Jaguars. Uh, I think Tennessee will actually win this game um, and cover the three points. I, I don't feel confident saying that based on what Tennessee's been doing lately, but I'm going to give it a shot. i stay consistent and keep picking Tennessee to cover. <laughs> Mike, what do you think? Houston is sneaky good. They don't play like a 1-12-1 team. Like, all these games that they're losing are really close. But you got to think by this time in the season, they're starting to think about the draft next year. And I don't think it's going to be all that close this time around. So, I think... You think the players on the field are thinking about the draft? No, but I think management is. And I don't know. Tell the players to drop it? Maybe. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. They're not going to play all their stars. All their bevy of stars. Yeah, it's an entire night sky full of stars on that Houston Texans team. But, uh, okay, I'm going to go with Tennessee again. I'm I'm hoping that they cover. All right. That's uh, another one we agree on. We'll uh, head to... Lake Erie, the shores of beautiful Lake Erie, where the Cleveland Browns hot off a solid victory over the Baltimore Ravens will host this week. They will host the New Orleans Saints, and Cleveland is laying a field goal. Uh, I'll take this one first. Uh, I don't even remember what the Saints did last week, but I feel, oh, that's right. They beat Atlanta by a field goal. Uh, I think at home, I give Cleveland the advantage here. Um, surprisingly, Cleveland still has a real outside shot at a playoff spot. 
if uh, some of these teams one of them lose and they win out, and they do have a weak schedule, uh, I think Cleveland wins this one by more than three. What do you think, Mike? I agree. I agree. The Saints. Now, the other flip side of that is that the Saints, uh, as bad as they are, they're only one game out of the playoffs themselves with uh, the Buccaneers being six and eight and the other three teams in that terrible NFC South all being five and nine. So something to consider there. But uh, you're going to take Cleveland minus the three? I am. I'm going to take Watson and the Browns. I think Watson has a lot to prove still, and he's for sure playing his ass off every week. To uh, shut up all the doubters. And Dalton is, you know, he's near the end of his career. I don't know how many more games that guy actually even wants to play. Just give me Wallace because of the want to. The want to win. Dalton wants a paycheck. Wallace really wants to win. All right, moving on. We've got the Atlanta Falcons who fell by a field goal to the Saints last week. Taking on the Baltimore Ravens who lost 13-3, to I believe, to those Cleveland Rounds. So they've just swapped opponents this week. Now Atlanta is at Baltimore. you got the losers matchup. Atlanta is currently a six-and-a-half point underdog on the road. Uh, I do believe, I don't know, have we heard anything on Lamar Jackson? Is he still possible to play on Saturday? I know Tyler Hundley, the backup, was uh, injured. I don't know who the third option is for Baltimore. What do you know, Mike? He's going to be out, and Marcus Mariota. Lamar? Yeah, Lamar Jackson will be out for a third straight game. And Mar- Tyler Huntley out? Uh, that I don't know. I know Marcus Mariota is also on injured reserve. So you're going to have backup, a backup quarterback battle. And in that case... It's anybody's game, but I, I I do think that the Ravens have the better defense. So give me the Ravens just because of that. You'll take you'll take them by a full touchdown. Sure, why not? It's a game I wouldn't okay. pick normally. Yeah, I'm just looking at the uh, the point differential for these teams. Baltimore is a plus forty one now in the season. Atlanta is a minus twenty seven. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if it's the uh, bad quarterbacks on both sides, uh, inexperienced quarterbacks, it's, it's probably going to be more a matchup of the running games. and They're pretty even there. I mean, I, I do tend to think you might be right with Baltimore having the edge, but I, I think it'll end up being close, so I'll take the six and a half points in Atlanta. Can you pause one second? Okay, Paul, so you got your pause. Can we get on with it now after your cat knocked over your water? Yeah. All right, we're in the back stretch now, the back the back seven. All right. Rapid fire. Washington Commanders at San Francisco 49ers. 49ers, six-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Uh, Easy I Niners. I take the 49ers. Okay, me too. Agreed. Philadelphia Eagles, first place, NFC East leading Philadelphia Eagles, taking on second place and top wild card seed, Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys are a four and a half point favorite at home. Mike? Cowboys, there's no Jalen Hurts. He's out. Yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you know who the backup is for Philadelphia? Um, it is uh, Minshew. Oh, that's right. I love him. Who doesn't like him? Yeah, Let's go fun. with Philadelphia he's and fun. take the four and a half points. 
All right, uh, let's go Las Vegas Raiders at Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers, a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Well, I mean, the Raiders are on a roll, right? I mean, give me the Raiders in the two-and-a-half points. They've still got a playoff shot, although technically still does so Pittsburgh at six and eight, if you can believe it. I'll take Mike? the Raiders riding high after that miscue by the Patriots. Give me the Raiders. All right, Green Bay Packers at... Miami Dolphins. Dolphins, three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Mike? Dolphins' offense doesn't look that good to me, but I'll stick with them because of Hill. Give me the Dolphins. He's taking the Dolphins and laying the three-and-a-half points. Uh, I think Dolphins probably win, but I think maybe Packers keep this one uh, to within a field goal or less. So I'll take Green Bay and the three-and-a-half points. The Denver Broncos, they're riding high. Have they, well, they've won one game in a row <laughs> with a backup quarterback. Hey, too bad he didn't have Mark Rippon, or what's his name, Mark Rippon Jr. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he's a little bit of Zach Wilson. Denver is at SoFi Stadium to take on the Rams, and Denver's a three-point favorite on the road. Uh the Rams are so done. I mean, Baker had his one week, but uh, I think you can put a fork in them. I think even the terrible Broncos, whether uh, I think uh, oh what's his name is coming back, right? Rams. Give me uh, the Broncos. Or no, no, no. Give me the Rams. Who gives a shit? It's two horrible teams. Why do you spend more than four words on them? Is Russell Wilson coming back? Don't know. Don't care. All right. Well, I don't either. I'm taking the Broncos. Okay. <clears throat> Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is your uh, Sunday Night Football song. Time. Sing it. Go. Are you ready Buccaneers for some football? Some Sunday Night action. I'm going to slide my panties aside and fingers fuck myself to satisfaction. So who's ready for some football? I know I am. I got my fist jammed in and I'm ready to watch. <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> there you go. Oh, with that image fresh in your mind, uh, you can uh, try, try to concentrate on us picking the Buccaneers minus seven and a half or the uh, host Arizona Cardinals plus seven and a half. Uh, boy, I think Tampa wins, but I think Arizona will keep it within a touchdown. Wait, no, they're not a third-string quarterback. I think Tampa rolls. I'll I'll lay the seven and a half, even though that's normally I'd say too big a number. Mike, give me Tampa. They need this one, and uh, the goat is going to go out there and perform and shut people up for sure. Tampa. All right, we're in agreement there, and finally. There will even be Monday Night Football this week on the 26th. The Los Angeles Football Chargers taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Colts fresh off uh, becoming the first team in NFL history to blow a 33-point lead. They get four and a half points at home. Mike, what say you? Chargers, San Diego, Super Chargers! It's the Chargers and a laugher. Yeah, you think so? 
Oh, I know so. Saturday is on his way out the fucking door and back into a <laughs> broadcast booth where he fucking belongs. That whole team oh, is yeah. going to get fired. I'm surprised they even opened up the facility this week to him. How did they not change the locks uh, and just make them practice at home in their backyards after that? Uh, yeah, for sure. The Chargers. That whole Colts team is going to be fired. Yeah. Well, the Chargers have a habit of playing, it seems, at the level of their opponents. They play better against good opponents. They play poorly against weak opponents. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know. Well, let's see. The Colts do have a new quarterback coming in. They've got Who cares? Nick Foles. Nobody cares. I think, I think Nick Foles is going to bring bring some life into him. Nobody cares. I'll take I'll take the Colts to try to come back. Oh my God! Why try to come back from the embarrassment? Because man, these are professional. Why don't you just light your players. money on fire? Just grab a lighter and light your money on fire instead. They're done, dude. They're well, so, so this done. This is your lock of the week. I mean, the question is, why is the line only four and a half? If you're so sure that the Chargers are going to win by, like, 25 points. I have no faith in the Colts after what I witnessed last week. Well, God-awful. You, uh, you should call it popcorn and and bet it all on the Chargers. I don't know no popcorn. But I'm going to take... You know what? You know how to find them. Yeah, right. You got connections. Popcorn the bookie. If you know how yeah, to find them. <laughs> yeah, Doc, you know... I, uh, uh, I'll take the Colts in the four and a half. Hey, points. good for you. You might as well just take your money and throw it in the garbage. But I'm hey. not saying they're going to win, but I'm saying they won't lose by five or more points. Right. Hey, thanks for listening. Make sure you rank and like us on iTunes and Spotify. Hey, tell a friend. It's not that hard to tell a friend. Hey, listen to Wise Cracking with Winter. Hey, it's actually a good show. Hey, I've been listening for a lot of years, and I got to share it with you so we have something to talk about at work. Listen to Wisecracking with Winter and rate us. Thank you for listening to the show. Have yourself a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Paul. How about uh, you know enjoy those 6th, 7th, and 8th nights of uh, Hanukkah as well? Yes, happy Hanukkah. If you're into that. You know, if you're not, that's cool too. Yes, but happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. I hope Santa happy Christmas. Festivus. Yes. No, I'm not even recognizing that as a holiday. Come on, dude. There's got to be a Festivus for the rest of us. No, fuck that. Fuck a Festivus. Christmas or Hanukkah, that's it. Sorry. First Amendment, dude. Yeah, great. You have First Separation Amendment at your truth house. State. Not interested. No, uh-uh. Not on this podcast. No, nope. Merry Christmas. Happy officially Hanukkah. Officially a religious podcast. Not doing it. Not, I'll not check the box in. for I'll check the box for religious discussion on the when I load it up this week. Give yourself a new pronoun while you're at it. If you don't want to be him or sir or Mister anymore, feel free to give yourself a new pronoun and go celebrate Festivus. How about that? Well, what does Festivus have to do with pronouns? I don't know. It's it's all interconnected. It's all a conspiracy. Anyway, we'll get into that next week. You I'm tired. Sound and I'm like you should. Tinfoil wrapped around your head about now. I got tinfoil wrapped around something else for, uh, you know, birth control. But we'll we'll talk to you later and good night.